This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Back in hour number two of the program this morning, and if you're just waking up, well, it's a little chilly out there, but it's a nice, nice day out there. Sun is shining; it'll warm up a bit, but you're probably going to want to grab a light jacket or a sweatshirt as you head out today, which I forgot to do. My sweatshirt was in the car. I mean, I have multiple sweatshirts, but I don't know. I just, if I'm coming into WBSM, I like to wear my WBSM sweatshirt. By the way, if you ever want to get some WBSM gear, you can just go to WBSM.com and up in the menus there, there's one for our shop and you can purchase your own WBSM gear in there. Just in case, you know, just in case you want to walk around and advertise for us, be our walking billboard, we appreciate it, but it's uh, it's there for you if uh, if you want to grab it. So in the first hour, we discussed, and uh, by the way, in the next hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. He'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour for midweek with the mayor. We're going to talk about last night's budget presentation to the city council. We'll talk about the challenges challenges of this year's half a billion dollar budget, $531 million. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the challenges involved in trying to pare that down which is something that the city council will be undergoing over the next few weeks, uh, which, by the way, Council President Linda Morad has told us will be done via Zoom so that the city residents will be able to keep up with that process even if they can't make it into the council chambers and be there for the meet. They're going to hold it on Zoom so that everybody will have access to be able to watch it. Uh, the other part of that, too, is it will make it so that it can be live streamed instead of having to wait for that video to be put up. So, like, for example, last night it was supposed to be carried on on um, Facebook, from my understanding, and I, and I didn't see it there. So I don't know if there was something wrong with me and my connection or what, but we'll, we'll see what happens as, uh, as we go forward in the process. So we'll talk with the mayor about the budget and some other things as well. Uh, and, of course, we'll take your phone calls for the mayor at 508-996-0500. That is coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. But in this hour, it's all about you. You can use that same phone number to call in and chime in. You can also send us app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And I had discussed in the last hour uh, a story I have up there at WBSM.com and on the app about the little free diverse libraries in the Tritown area. There's one in Marion on the Old Wharf Landing. There's one in Mattapoisett at Ned's Point. And these were both erected by and stocked with books from the organization Tritown Against Racism. And we, you know, we get the questions about, well, why are, you know, why are they taking the little free library movement and putting it to their agenda? And saying, well, we're only going to allow for books that promote diversity, that promote inclusion, that have 
BIPOC characters, that have LGBTQ characters, that have characters with disabilities. We want to limit the books that are in there. And people say, well, why are they taking this, this, this wonderful movement of the little free library that encourages reading for all people and limiting the scope of it to what they want in there? Well, I hate to tell you this, if that's the way you feel, but that's part of the mission statement of the little free library nonprofit organization. These little free libraries that are being put up, these little free diverse libraries that are being put up by Tritown Against Racism are in accordance with a program from Little Free Library, the nonprofit organization, called Read in Color. The mission statement of the Little Free Library organization states that it's to it, part of it is to bring books to people about these topics that might not have access to them otherwise. So this is part of the mission statement of Little Free Library. They want books that deal with these topics. They want books that are inclusive and have diversity. That's all part of it. And you can read it. I have links in the story to go right over to the Little Free Library website where you can read exactly what their mission statement is and see that these libraries fall in line with that. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Yeah, good morning, Tim. How are you? Well, you know, this thing with Linda Moore and social media and, you know, Facebook and all that baloney, you know, a lot. there's many of us that don't have that. Well, it's not and, just, uh, just, hold on, it's not baloney just because you don't have it and you don't use it. Well, what about why, uh, you know, I, turn, I tune into Channel 9 and Channel 18 and I see the city council meetings there and we're paying for that, the New Bedford Cable Network. Unfortunately, though, not live. That's that's the issue. Well, that's what they need to do. They need to make that live. That's my point. That, so that is in the works. So what Council President Moore had said was because they're not going to have that in place and ready to go by the time budget season starts, they're going to do it in this Zoom fashion and put it on social media so that they do have a way for people to see it. Well, if it's they want to be open and transparent for everybody, you know, put it on local uh, the local... Uh, uh, New Bedford Cable Network. That, that will be That's, the plan. They just they just well, won't have it ready for that by the time. I hope so. I the hope time they do it this uh, year. You know, within the year, it's not five years down the road. You know, so like I, everything else. Yeah, I, can down the road. I talked with Jim Marshall from from New Bedford Cable about that, and yeah. uh, and he doesn't think it'll be something that'll be that far off. He, I think they feel like it's something they hope that can be done by the end of this year. Yeah, well, I hope they put it on a timeline. You know, I mean, I don't I he explained to me some of the technological challenges with doing it. I still don't get it all. You know, I still think if you can if you can put it on Facebook with a you know, by taking Zoom, why don't you just start a Zoom meeting and, and carry that as you know, there's there's got to be ways that you can get it out there. But I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs of municipal right. rules and regulations either. All right. But the main reason I'm calling is I was watching C-SPAN three uh, yesterday afternoon, the house hearing on the bank failures. Uh, the three uh, regional banks uh, that failed, First Republic Bank, Signature Bank, and Silicon Valley Bank, you know, uh, and, and they all are not answering the questions why uh, their banks failed, but it was reported in, in different business uh, articles that the main reason those those three banks failed was because they were over-leveraged in, in cryptocurrency, and they were making a lot, a lot of uh, capital investments uh, uh, in risky uh, tech sectors, especially overseas. Uh, and uh, can you believe Silicon Valley Bank in California, that 40% of uh, the deposits were uninsured? So you had, uh, uh, you had people putting their money 
and they weren't uh, insured by the FDIC and the DIFM. And uh, when asked, they had the three CEOs. Uh, first, uh, Republic Bank was uh, former CEO Michael uh, Ruffler, which was fired because of the bank failure. And then you have uh, the you had a co-founder and a bank chair, uh, Scott Shea of Signature Bank, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank was uh, CEO, uh, obviously fired too. CEO Greg Becker uh, of these three banks on, and none of them would give straight answers. And uh, Mr. Roffler from First Republic Bank said the reason why his bank failed was because of uh, contagions, the element of contagions, which is, uh, you know, the smoke screen. They they were over-leveraged. They were too heavily uh, invested in crypto and uh, very high-risk capital investments uh, in uh, tech companies or startups, some would say, uh, venture capital uh, investments. And uh, who took it on the chin were the uh, the people who uh, lost their money in those banks. Right. Well, I mean, if you can't sit there and give answers and give straight answers after something as catastrophic as this, I mean, I don't even know why they're bothering to, to ask the questions if you know you're not going to get a straight answer. And another thing, too, is that should be noted is Bonnie Frank is, uh, is sits on the board of Signature Bank, the bank that failed uh, uh, who for many times, for many years, Congressman Frank was on the uh, the banking committee, and he should have known better. And nobody seems to know anything about what happened, but uh, but it was reported, like I just said. Yeah, maybe but, uh, maybe Marcus can ahead. get uh, maybe Marcus can get um, former Representative Frank on on South Coast tonight he to talk should, about it more in depth. We need we need to get some answers on this. All right. Well, thank you for giving me time, Tim, and you have a. Have a good day. You as well. Take care. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. I, uh, you know, down in Florida, once, some years ago, I was in, I think it was the Boca area, Boca Raton. There were two libraries. One was a public library. There was a fee at the at one of them and not at the other. So one of one of them was a membership. You cut, you kind of cut out a little bit there. You said there was a free library, and the other one was what format? Uh, well, one one I said one I think it said public, and one said free. And but uh, it was interesting that they had a uh, a different one. One was a fee based library, and I had never seen such a thing. Yeah, me we, either. We, we started free libraries up here. Mm-hmm. I think Boston Public Library was the first uh, public library in the country. Were, were the anathemes, were those membership-based? They might have been. They, they may have been. They, there was, they, but they did expect some uh, a fee. I, and I, I don't remember the, the, the details, but, I, but there were two libraries. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. I mean, I did, if, you think, I would say, if you think about it, a lot of times, you know, people who have amassed their own great collections of books, you know, when, when they depart or when they are done with them they always seem to donate them to college libraries or or you know maybe medical libraries but it's always under the guise of to make them accessible for more people not to make it something that you have to pay for the right to access right i, I visited the uh uh the library at harvard was it was it will wildner widner i can't remember how to pronounce it uh, an unbelievable library with access to some really old books um, and that was that was open to anybody, mm-hmm. um, at least at least then. So I didn't see these these places in Mattapoisett and Marion. I'll have to go by and, and take a look. Yeah, did you? Sorry, did you? Did, did, did would you would you expect to find um, 
uh, Huckleberry Finn or, or the Bible in, in any of those collections? No, these these in in those particular little free libraries, their their directive is to have books that are. Um, about inclusion, about characters that have that fit the parameters there of being uh, BIPOC characters, LGBTQ characters, uh, characters with disabilities. They're looking for character. They're looking for stories and themes and characters that might not be represented in other places. That's what these particular ones are for. But in other little free libraries, you could you could find anything. So they're they're inclusive, but only up to a point. They're they're only as inclusive as they want to be. Well, no, it's so it's to include the voices that wouldn't be represented in a majority of other free libraries. So it's so it's uh, only, a little it's free like libraries. Say, it's only say. inclusive up to a point. It's only inclusive as as far as what they seem to think needs to be included. No, you're, you're twisting what they view inclusive as. Inclusive is it's them giving the opportunity for things that aren't represented, people that are disenfranchised otherwise. They're taking this opportunity to give that a platform. So if there's, a, if there's a safe space on a university that preaches uh, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusivity, um, do you think that they would include um, a conservative? But are there uh, not other opportunities space? for a conservative to be able to speak elsewhere? Well, that yeah. Well, let's just say yeah. What about the silent majority? Do they have any any safe space? I think that they well, they certainly are represented by little free libraries all over the place. Okay. All right. I just I, but but to declare yourself inclusive when when what you are really is exclusive to to viewpoints you don't agree with. So then, if if those books aren't in those other free libraries, then those books are exclusive as well. Those those libraries are exclusive I mean, as well. I, I would yeah, I would agree, but they don't. But they didn't. They don't start off with uh, this inclusive. Uh, um, a mantra as as being part of their mission. I just I find it I find it a little uh, disingenuous that inclusivity as part of diversity and, and and diversity for that matter and and equity, if you will. I mean, the whole notion is very very exclusive, as far as I can tell. All right. I well, just, all right. Thank, I was saying, I'll just hold, I'll hold you there just because I'm up against it for the break. Right, but Tim. thank you for the call. And uh, we do have to take a break. When we come back, we may have somebody join us for a few moments to talk about this. Uh, and, of course, we have the news coming up as well. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. Talking about the little free diverse libraries that are in Marion, Amatapoisett, and another one coming next month in Rochester on June 17th as part of the Juneteenth celebration by Tritown Against Racism. As we're having this conversation, uh, listening in is Rhonda Baptiste, the vice president of Tritown Against Racism, who joins us now on the line for a few moments. Good morning, Rhonda. How are you? Good morning, Tim. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Great to speak with you. And of course, we—I don't know if you caught that last caller, um, but we I did. That's why I called. We, we've had this question this morning about. So let's talk about this. Why does Tri Town Against Racism and creating these little free, diverse libraries want to limit the scope of what goes into those libraries? So you know, I'm really sorry for anyone who feels like we're trying to exclude anyone because that's certainly not our intention at all. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you personally for me, I'm a mom, right? And I'm a, a white cisgendered woman. And I grew up in a two family, I'm sorry, a two parent white family in the upper middle class. And I never had a problem finding myself in the shows that I watched on television and the books that I found in my school library. I went to RMX. I went to the junior high. 
went to Old Rochester Regional High School. I never had a problem finding myself in in any media, in magazines, in commercials. Um, I always felt very validated. I was very lucky. Um, and I am, in, my family is interracial. My son is biracial. And he happens to be a reader like me. And he could never find books of families that look like our family in his school library or even in our town library or books where the character he could identify with. And it's one of the reasons we started the diverse, uh, the little free diverse libraries was to provide access to books where people who have been underrepresented could find stories and books about themselves. And also where other families could read stories about families like ours. Um, some of the experiences my son has had in school um, could have been avoided if another kid read a book about an interracial family. My son would not have had to hear, why is your mom white and you're not white? She can't be your mom. You must be adopted and she's lying to you. My son could have been saved all that if that kid had read a book about an interracial family. And mm-hmm. so that's why we have Little Free Diverse Libraries. That's why we are committed to representing um, and making sure that the voices of those communities are heard. Um, so it's not to exclude anyone. It's, it's not to hurt anyone's feelings, I promise you. Um, and, and really, the, the experience of kids like my son and families like my family, um, it's, it's really to uh, represent them and they can find themselves in the books. They can go to those libraries and, and know for sure they're going to find something, um, hopefully, that interests them and that they can find themselves in. And I know according to the to the uh, website for Tritown Against Racism that these little free diverse libraries are curated by one of the most respected librarians in the area, Susan yes. Pizzolatto. Yes, yes, she is. Um, she manages the little free diverse libraries and the volunteers um, who support them, and she's amazing. She's an amazing human being, and she's a brilliant. Uh, educator and librarian, and we are so fortunate to have had her for the last few years. Um, so, yes, it's not me. I'm not picking. <laughs> Nobody wants me picking picking books, um, but it's it's not me picking the books. It's 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 a qualified, educated professional who is well respected in multiple communities is, for many years of of this service. Exactly, and in her field as well. And and so, just you know, very quickly, um, the. As I mentioned before, the mission statement of the Little Free Library nonprofit is to have these opportunities for people to read books like this. The Read and Color program is something that has been started by the same nonprofit organization that people are building these little free libraries for everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's become easier for us to find books. Um, and it's because of... of our little free diverse libraries. It's easier for my son to go to one of those than it is to go into a library and find books about um, a character that he can identify with. And on June 17th, you will unveil the latest one in Rochester at the Plum Library. Yes. Very excited. Yes, we're, we're very excited. Um, the event's called uh, Open Book, Open Minds, 
a Juneteenth celebration and ribbon cutting for our third Little Free Diverse Library. Um, we're going to have music and games and snacks and treats um, to, from, you know, traditional uh, Juneteenth snacks and treats. And so there'll be more information coming um, and people can register for it. So we're really excited about it. Excellent. Well, definitely keep us up to date and we will share it here on the air. I will. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for the time. You have a great day. All right, you too. Take care. That is Rhonda Baptiste. She is the vice president of Tri-Town Against Racism, who are who is the organization. Well, that is the organization that is behind these little free diverse libraries. We can talk more about that when we get back from the news. But right now, it is time to get all of the latest news and information from Kate Robinson in the WBSM Newsroom. A dozen poor countries are facing economic instability and even collapse under the weight of hundreds of billions of dollars in foreign loans, much of them from the world's biggest and most unforgiving government lender, China. An Associated Press analysis of a dozen countries most indebted to China, including Pakistan, Kenya, Zambia, and Mongolia, found payments on the debt are consuming an ever greater amount of the tax revenue needed to provide basic services. And it's draining foreign currency reserves these countries use to pay interest on those loans, leaving some with just months before that money is gone. U.S. President Biden is in Japan for a summit of the world's seven largest democratic economies. The U.S., Japan, Canada, the U.K., France, Germany, and Italy will focus much of their discussions on what National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan called a common basis for each nation's approach to China. Biden also says the U.S. will not default on its debts. Every leader in the room understands the consequences that we fail to pay our bills. And it would be catastrophic for the uh, for the American economy and the American people. Biden spoke to reporters at the White House on Wednesday about the negotiations underway with top Republican Kevin McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling ahead of the June 1st deadline. The president said, quote, we're going to come together because there's no alternative and that the negotiations are about the outlines of the budget and not about whether the U.S. will pay its debts. Biden assured, quote, we will not default. Republicans have been calling for spending cuts in exchange for a deal to raise the debt limit. An appeals court appears likely to restrict access to the mifepristone abortion pill. The Justice Department argued in front of a New Orleans federal court Wednesday to allow greater access to the pill after a Texas judge restricted its access earlier this year. Although a ruling is not expected for weeks, court insiders say the restrictions will probably stand. Montana is becoming the first state to ban TikTok. Governor Greg Gianforte signed legislation yesterday that would ban TikTok from operating in Montana and prohibit app stores from offering TikTok to Montana users. Gianforte said the bill will, quote, protect Montanans from the Chinese Communist Party. Walgreens is giving nearly $230 million to San Francisco to settle a case over its distribution of opioids. A city attorney made the announcement Wednesday and said San Francisco will receive the sum over the next 14 years. The city sued the pharmacy chain in 2018 over their role in the opioid epidemic. 
The man who ran over and killed eight people on a New York City bike path in 2017 is suggesting that his actions were justified. The convicted killer was given eight consecutive life sentences Wednesday. Before sentencing, he said that during his trial, there was no talk of the, quote, innocent Muslims dying by thousands. After his speech, the judge called him unrepentant and, quote, cowardly. A 12-year-old boy is about to become the youngest ever graduate in the history of California's Fullerton College. Clovis Hung is graduating with five associate degrees this weekend and is planning to go for a sixth next year. He began studying at Fullerton College as a special admit student in 2019 when he was nine years old. And Aquaman himself will host Discovery Channel's annual Shark Week this year. Mark Mayfield explains. Jason Momoa has been tapped as the Master of Ceremonies for the 35th edition of the popular week of programming. The actor said Shark Week is a chance for him to learn and share his connection to the underwater predators. He added that his love for sharks started long before he became Aquaman. Shark Week is set to air in late July, while Momoa will reprise his role as the King of Atlantis in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom this December. I'm Mark Mayfield. In sports, the Celtics lost to the Heat in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, falling 123-116 to at TD Garden. Game 2 is tomorrow night. But the Red Sox claimed their rubber match against the Seattle Mariners at Fenway Park, winning 12-3. Tomorrow they take on the Padres in San Diego. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We had a bit of cool air settle in, so we will warm up, but not too much today. We're going to see a high of 57 degrees and sunny skies overnight tonight, 41 degrees. And for tomorrow, warming up high of 62 with partly cloudy skies. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 42 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Stream WBSM live crystal clear with one touch. The WBSM app. Hey, you know, Mother's Day isn't just about one day. I know it already passed. I know some of you out there still haven't taken mom out to celebrate Mother's Day. You have to understand, Mother's Day doesn't just have to be that one day. It can be all month long. And at Alianza in New Bedford, they are celebrating moms all month long instead of just one day. Right now, if you stop in and you buy $50 in Alianza gift cards, you'll get an additional $10 bonus card. And that's still going at AlianzaRestaurant.com if you want to get more info there. And that means you can still treat mom. So all of the great meals that they serve at Alianza, oh my gosh, I like to go on Fridays because they have some of the best octopus around. Oh, so good. But really, everything is good at Alianza. And what's great about it, too, is it's all very unique. They take the regular recipes that you may have had in other restaurants and they kick it up a notch. They create all kinds of different flavors, all the kinds of different sauces to make sure that everything stands out and is something that is an Alianza original. So check them out and you can go there too and get those special deals and take mom out, right? She deserves it. How many meals did she cook for you growing up? And certainly you don't want to have to cook for her because why would you do that when you could just take her to Alianza and have them do it for you? They'll do a much better job than you would have. I promise you that. 
508-996-0500 if you want to get involved in the discussion. We were talking about um, these these little free diverse libraries. So this was something that was put up by the organization Tri-Town Against Racism. And I should note that the organization is spearheading this. They're the ones who are standing behind it. That was probably not a great term to use. But they're the ones who are kind of at the the front of this organization. They're the ones who are standing there and and kind of putting all this together. But it's individuals who have stepped up and who have created these little libraries and, and, and built them with their hands. And in fact, the one that's in Marion was built by somewhat, well, built by the brother of and painted by someone who was a guest on my 9 a.m. program. As we've been talking about the controversy in the old Rochester school system about the books that have been placed into the library, uh, books that deal with LGBTQ issues, books that deal with racial issues, and the school committee has been torn apart by feelings about these books and the community has been debating it. And even though the book issue is technically settled for three years because the school committee voted recently to keep those books in the library and they won't come up again for another vote. They can't come up again for another vote for three years. So the issue is technically scheduled, uh, settled. It is leading the discussion that's happening uh, in the elections that went on in Mattapoisett this past week and in Rochester this coming Tuesday. So these books are... For everybody that says, well, you know, if the kids want to read them, they should have access to them, but not in the school library. They don't belong in the school library. Well, here's a way to get books like that and books that deal with those topics in a different way. But people don't want to support it. I'll tell you this much. I thought of putting out a little free library myself that was going to be for paranormal books because I have like bookshelves full of them. The publishers send them to me for spooky South Coast guests, and um, I've collected so many of them over the years. And I have a few that, of course, I would always want to hang on to. Books that were written by my friends, books that I might be, you know, mentioned or featured in. Uh, books that are, you know, the all-time classics like the Mothman Prophecies or the Book of the Damned or things like that, Hans Holzer books. But I also have a whole bunch that I would never... I'm sorry, I just got corrected. The election is Wednesday in Rochester. Um, so, so again, that'll be, you, you know, they'll have their votes for their school committee representatives. But uh, Mattapoise, it happened this past week. The So wanting to create a little public library that was solely paranormal books, would would you feel like I was being exclusive if I, if I had that limitation on the little free library that I spent my time and money to build? And I said, hey, folks, I'm going to put paranormal books in this library. And I asked that if you drop one in here for other people to read, that it's also of the same genre. Would, would, you, would you feel like I was being exclusive? Or if I wanted to make another one where I said, this is only for, you know, horror books, Stephen King, Dean Koontz, um, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, also probably not a great example, uh, considering some of the things that we've learned about him in recent years. But. If we put that out there and said this is for horror books and somebody wanted to come by and drop off, you know, a, a, a Mark Twain book, 
wouldn't I have the right to say, well, come on, this is this is for horror books. This doesn't belong here. And then take that out and go put it in somebody else's free free library, little library, little the, the, the little free library. So I think you only feel like it's exclusionary because you don't agree with what it's trying to be inclusionary about. And trying to turn it around is it, it, it's like it's like if you walked up to Santa Claus standing outside the store at Christmas time raising money for the Salvation Army and you walked up to him and he got into his face and said, well, what about the Red Cross? You don't think the Red Cross deserves money? Don't you think you should have some Red Cross, take some of that money and give it to the Red Cross? No, Santa's there to raise money for the Salvation Army. So I don't, I don't understand why it bothers people that these little free libraries, these little free diverse libraries exist when there's a million other, I don't know if there's exactly a million. I didn't look at the latest numbers from the little free library website, but there's quite a number of little free libraries all over the country where you could put any book in there that you wanted to. So using the previous caller's example of a Donald Trump book, you can go put a Donald Trump book in pretty much any little free library. I'll also tell you something else, too. A lot of the folks that create these little free libraries, you might put a Donald Trump book in there. They might walk out there and say, nope, I don't want this in the library that's in front of my house. I don't want the people that are coming here to get a book to think that I support that book, you know, because they may not be supporters of Donald Trump. And they might take that book out of their little library and give it to somebody else or put it in somebody else's library or donate it to their public library or whatever they may do with it. But they may not want to keep it in the little free library in front of their house. Would you feel like they were being exclusionary? Would you feel like they were trying to control the content of what people can read? 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in a few. You need more sparks in your life. Trust me. If you don't listen to sparks, you need more sparks in your life. Check them out. I guarantee you, you will enjoy them. Uh, well, listen, this town might not be big enough for the both of us, but it's certainly big enough. And the South Coast is big enough for many, many lemonade stands that will be happening on Lemonade Day, the 8th annual Lemonade Day South Coast, proudly presented by Bay Coast Bank. This beloved event returns Saturday, June 24th. And, of course, as you know, you'll be able to go all over the South Coast and purchase lemonade from a bunch of young entrepreneurs who are learning all about how to earn their own money, how to make investments into their business, how to balance all of the books involved with it. They're going to learn every aspect of business in the simplest, most original way possible. A lemonade stand 
You had one you were, when you were a kid, right? They're going to learn all about business on Saturday, June 24th. And Lemonade Day is made possible with community support from JT Realty Insurance Group, Precise Incorporated, Somerset Country Wine and Spirits. And if you want to find out how to register and get involved, all you have to do is go to southcoastlemonade.org and all the information is there for you. 508-996-0500 or send in an app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, Carol Ann in the stone, it says, your callers are having a really hard time understanding diversity, equity, and inclusion in relation to these little free diverse libraries and marginalized groups. You try to explain it, Tim, but instead of viewing it as a positive thing, they are pouting that they can't put their Trump book there. Most popular fiction books wouldn't meet their criteria either. If you don't want to read books that support the LGBTQ plus community, people with disabilities, anti-racism, etc., then don't go to these unique little free libraries. Tell them to put out a free little conservative library on their own front lawn. And that's, that's the point that I tried to make is that there are little free libraries everywhere where you might find a book that is something that you want to read or be able to leave a book that you think other people should read. But the people who are curating these libraries have the right to say what books they want in them and what books they don't want in them. This isn't the public library where it's funded by your taxpayer dollars. This was a organization that was started up. Now, these organizations that do this become nonprofits, of course, but they do the fundraising that is necessary or apply for the grants that are necessary to do this. This is a little bit different than your tax dollars directly going to deciding what books go in there. And as the reason why I mentioned the fact that these little free diverse libraries are curated by Susan Pizzolatto is because I think most people who went to the Wareham Library in all the years that she worked there, who went to the Mattapoisett Library in the years that she was there and being the head librarian there, they look at all of this and they say, well, I think she did a great job. And I always found books that I wanted to be able to read no matter what I was looking for and what topics I was interested in. And you know why? Because she is a professional librarian. She has spent her entire life doing it and she knows how to curate a collection of books. And now she's putting that expertise into helping curate the content that go into these little free libraries, little free diverse libraries. And if, you, if it bothers you, that these little free libraries exist, don't go to them. Carol Ann is right. Just don't go to them. Obviously, that little free library is not for you. The one in Marion is directly across from Tabor Academy, right next to some Tabor residence halls. I'm sure that there are plenty of people at Tabor Academy that are reading these books. I'm sure that there are plenty of folks going down to Ned's Point, checking out books from those, you know, borrowing books from that little free library. I don't, I don't know why it bothers you. 508-996-0500. Callers, hang on. I do have to take a break. I have one more I have to take in the hour because we will be joined in the next hour by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. We'll be right back. Um. 